Welcome to the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast. This thing is huge. It's the greatest, most outrageous, incredibly fun podcast on the internet today. It's all about the Don. The most spectacular entrepreneur alive today. For entrepreneurs who also want to dominate their market and destroy their competition. You should be your competition's huge problem. This is the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast with Steve Cypress and Everett Fornell. Welcome to another episode of the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast, the number one podcast in the history. If I had to give a state of podcasting right now, I would say that the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast is going great. It went unbelievable in 2017, and it's going to be even better in 2018. And the biggest reason of all why is because I'm joined by the world's number one podcasting co-host of all time, Mr. Everett Farnell. Well, thank you, Steve. I don't even know how to say thank you enough. You're always so kind every week. But i got to tell you something. It is really the synergy between us. I mean, I'm standing here. It's a shame it's not a video podcast because I'm standing here next to a list of people who download our podcast every week. And it's like a six-foot-high stack of paper with people who just download it every week and just dying to hear it. It's amazing. If I, Can you tell I, me I, I some of I the individual stories of these entrepreneurs that listen to the podcast and have now have massive success because of what we're teaching? Well, there's, uh, there is... Yes, you I could, actually, story. if you Absolutely. knew any of them in that is the point, dear listener, of this week's lesson learned from Donald Trump. If anyone saw or even heard or saw highlights of Donald Trump's State of the State of the Union, State of the Union, the Union. When, 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 by the way, who walks around calling the United States a union? But I digress. So there was this State of the Union speech that presidents give every year. I mean, I've been alive for a while, and I don't watch them, but I, I know there's a speech every single year, and comes and it goes, and it's very presidential, and it's in front of all the high muckety-mucks, and it's on TV on every single channel. I remember as a kid, actually, that's what I remember, is, holy crap, nothing's on for an hour. Every single channel had to have the president on it with a boring speech, and this one went on forever for an hour and a half. But here's the thing. The only thing people remember a few days later, even, is nothing he said in the speech. It's the people in the audience. That's all you could possibly remember. I actually have to admit, I had it on. I was doing other stuff and reading and whatever, but I had it on in the background. And all the time he's talking and yapping, the only time thing interesting to me is when they show the audience and they show half the people, you know, are standing up applauding wildly, no matter what he says, and the other half are grumpy and groaning and looking like someone stole their puppy dog, no matter what he says. So that's interesting. And then these examples that he continually just told a story. So here's the lesson this week, folks. Donald Trump, now even the, I will say, even the pundits, because that's the thing I did. I taped three different cable channels, by the way, of their post-speech session on like an hour after the speech. That's what I take, because that's great. I mean, you watch one channel just gushing over how it was the greatest speech ever, and you turn the channel, it's like he's the most racist, divisive, unpresidential person ever to walk the earth. So that was a lot of fun also. So everything surrounding the speech I enjoyed. The actual words of the speech, totally forgotten. And that's the lesson. No one's going to remember what you say or the facts that you tell because facts tell and stories sell. 
That's the lesson to be learned from Donald Trump this week. Now, the pundits were all saying, oh, what I like best about the speech were those examples and those stories, because he's a showman. Wrong! At least they understood the best part of the speech and the most memorable part, but it's not because he's a showman. They were like, oh, you know, I don't know if I was watching a reality TV show. He's such a showman with all the people and all the stories. Now, it's not because he's a showman. So, folks, we're not saying the lesson learned is to go out and be a showman. That doesn't put money in your pocket. It's because stories sell. Donald Trump is a salesman, and he sells through stories, through a more emotional the better. So he could have just made points. I'll just point out a couple, the most memorable ones to me that I still remember. I forget 90% of it, but he could have said he had the North Korean guy get up and hold the crutches defiantly over the... He could have just said, look, North Korea is an evil country. It's really bad, and they treat their people bad. He could have just said that. Ah, oh, you would have forgot. Nobody would have mentioned it. But he told it. oh, this guy was run over the railroad tracks and tortured near to death, and then he somehow escaped on crutches, and he still to this day, he holds up the crutches. Whoa, the place goes wild. He's got another one. Oh, i got to make some more points. How about this one? There was this, new, I think it was New Mexico, cop who's on, I don't know, Border Patrol or regular cop or whatever. He was staged for something. He's on patrol, and he comes across a... Uh, a woman who is addicted to heroin and shooting up me while she's pregnant. And he goes, man, that's really going to hurt your baby. And she cries and goes, I don't know what to do. He goes home. He talks to his wife. They adopt the baby. Oh, so that, that just killed multiple points here. Like uh, drugs are bad. We got to do something about the heroin addiction. Oh, and cops, by the way, are heroes and are good people. So in your face, people would say cops are no good. So let's check all those off. How about one last one, and then I'll turn it over to you, Everett. How about this one where he brings four parents, two couples, sitting in the audience, and he tells the story that, oh, their teenage daughters, when they were just walking home from school, right here in New York, right where I'm from, right on New York, on Long Island, and this terrible, world's worst gang of violent, un-American, they're all immigrants, illegal immigrants from wherever, come in, form a gang, and they killed, brutally murdered, and, and raped, and whatever, these two teenage girls. And I have the parents in the audience. Well, how many boxes can we check off with that one? Let's see. Uh, all four of these parents are black, so I'm not a racist. But I didn't have to say, and I never had to say the words, I'm not a racist. I just put four black people in the audience and tell everyone I love them and have everyone stand up and cry and cheer for them. Number two, illegal immigration is bad. I didn't just say that. I just told this emotional story about how illegal immigrants come in, and some of them are good, but they're not sending their best, and some come in and they kill people. And so we've got to round them up, and we've got to get them out, and we've got to step up the rule of law. We're just checking off so many boxes by telling a few well play stories and he told a few more so i could go on and on but that's the point folks what is on your website what's in your brochure heck what's in your sales pitch one-to-one -one with people what's in your newsletter are you just giving facts or are you telling stories because that's what works for the president and that's what works for entrepreneurs who want to sell am i on target there Everett? without a doubt you're absolutely on target the simple fact is when you present an idea or a fact or a piece of information. If you wrap a story around it, people have been trained, to, and it's probably really, it's probably programmed somewhere in our DNA. But even if it's not, people have been trained since they were little children to believe what they were told in stories. So you mean uh, people don't say, I got to tell my kids some bedtime facts? No. I mean, think about it. There's Aesop's fables, right? <laughs> from a young age, we're learning, we're learning moral lessons from fables. 
and then as we grow yeah. up. Yeah, how about the Bible, the greatest book of all time, just a collection of stories. As we grow up, we start going to church and this kind of thing, and what we find, get a red-letter edition of the Bible, and every question that Christ was asked was answered with a question or with a story. So we learn from a young age to believe what we hear in stories. So now you're sitting in front of somebody. For example, back in, in the sunroom days, we were sitting in front of somebody, and somebody says, oh, I'm think, I think I've used this story, this example before, but it's between you and Joe Spadoff's sunroom company. I don't remember who it was. So I say to the guy, give him a fact you know, maybe was pretty much true, but but I give them a piece of information. Well, they'll do a great job as long as you get their house crew. Huh? And then I tell him a story about a guy who hired that company to do a, uh, to do a job for him. And the roof leaked like hell and come to find out that this guy, the problem was the reason the roof leaked so bad was because this company had a lot of business at the time and they were using an overflow crew, a contracted crew, not their normal crew. Oh, sunroom. So now all of a sudden the guy says, huh? Well, see, now he believes what I told him because I gave him a story. If I had just said, you know, it, I gave him a story about what happened to Yeah, he'll believe it and he'll, he'll remember it and he'll also be able to tell his wife about it. And exactly. she'll believe well, it and she'll remember it. So the next thing, I'm sitting talking with somebody and this guy, this is a pretty high level. I, normally I would, I would reserve this thing for the advanced tip, but I'm going to give it away this week in the podcast. This one... We had a guy, I had a guy who happened to have been in a business that I was in. So he was a loan officer. I was a loan officer many, many years ago. So we're sitting and and taught, we're trading stories about being a loan officer. Well, now this guy knows that the stories, he knows that the stories I'm telling him are true because he has experienced it himself. Or at least even if he doesn't know that they're factually exactly true, they know he knows they have the ring of truth with him because he has the exact same experience that I was expressing. So then later in the presentation, I tell him a story. Well, he already has the habit of believing that my stories are true. So now I tell him a story that he has no experience with, but he believes it's true. And we end up that as a matter of fact this was this was an amazing thing i i I love this example about the power of stories because in this particular case this guy was a very conservative bank employee loan officer who he came in he he had all his paperwork ready where he'd done a ton of i mean it was like an engine it was like trying to sell to an engineer it was like an accountant right trying to sell to an accountant and i was the first person to come give a presentation well he's getting between three and five presentations he's getting three to five estimates and i know he's getting three and five three to five estimates but you got to give it your shot right so i do the best presentation i can do and i use this technique told him stories that he related to that he understood that had the ring of truth to him and then i told him other stories about the sunroom business that he had no clue as to whether they were true or not but because he was already in the habit of believing my stories, he believed the other stories i ended up selling him right there on the spot first time and he was the first person i was the first person in to do the presentation it was unheard of this is this guy was not a first time buyer he was not an instant buyer right there he just bought because he believed me because of the stories i told and one last piece is when the guy stood up and held the crutches up that's known as a dramatic demonstration and it's incredibly powerful so we were talking before we got on the uh, on the call about bruce lee's four inch punch is a very dramatic demonstration of what's called in in uh, uh, uh in combat sports the kinetic chain and it's how uh, how motion moves through your body and how you're actually able to, to generate a lot of power with a, with a strike or a punch or a kick or whatever. Um, in selling, we used to, in the, in the uh, roofing business, we had a, uh, one of our 
suppliers had a particular kind of shingle. Now, the shingle had, for lack of a better term, I'll call it kind of a rubberized compound in the shingle. So it literally absorbed shock. Um, and uh, uh, it, it protected the shingle, made sure the shingle lasted longer. It's a very premium shingle. But what I did is I got from the manufacturer, I said, listen, can you get me a sheet of that rubberized shit about this big? And I, I about, you know, 12 inches by 12 inches. And he said, yeah, I guess I can. Why? I said, just get it for me. So he got it for me. And I would carry a hammer in my bag of roofing stuff because I carried, I carried a bunch of stuff around so I could actually show people. So dramatic demonstration. Everybody else was telling them about a shingle. I would pull a shingle out and say, this is what you're looking at, and this is, and I would actually show them the piece. And people would tell them about the underlayment, and I would pull, actually pull a piece of underlayment out and show it to them. So it was a, a demonstration. Well, I carried a hammer around in that bag, and when I was pitching these shingles, I would take the hand, I would wrap my hand, just kind of you know, nonchalantly, I'd take the stuff out, and I'd, I'd hold that stuff in my hand, and I'd reach down and get the hammer. couldn't do this on a glass table. And I smacked my hand with the hammer wrapped up in this rubber stuff. And it made, I mean, every time I did it, the whole table, and the look, and the eyes got like saucers. And, and, oh, my God, are you okay? And I'd say, you know, no problem. I'm fine. Now, so, but see, that's the kind of shock that this stuff absorbs. That's what's going to be on your roof as opposed to just a regular asphalt shingle where if something hits it, it's going to gouge, it's going to transfer the energy right into the roof. This is going to absorb a lot of the energy these shingles do. And uh, made all the difference in the world for selling high-priced rooms. Um, I did have one person get mad at me for doing it one time. They got kind of pissed. But most of the time. Yeah, because you almost gave them a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, most of the time. But that's actually that's the ringing endorsement of the, and now we're, we're, we're actually getting really close, if not into, the advanced tip of the week. But that's a dramatic demonstration. So, folks, facts tell, stories sell. The more emotional, the more dramatic, the better. I mean, that reminds me the first door-to-door sales job I had uh, in a summer break when I was in college selling pots and pans door-to-door. And we didn't just say this cookware is so good and conducive to heat and whatever. We actually could bake on the stovetop in the cookware. So we had to carry around some... uh, uh, the mix to make what was a muffin. We had we carried around muffin mix, four boxes for a quarter or whatever, and we would make the mix, put it into the pot, put the top on it, and we would bake a muffin or a cake or whatever it was. We'd bake a cake right there on top of the stove, and that, you know, left the mouths open, and, like, we didn't just have to say what percentage of alloy materials go in and how thick the sides are and blah, blah, hoo-ha. All they're going to remember is, holy crap, he baked the cake in the cookware on top of the stove. This must be good stuff. So, the, folks. The other wonderful thing that does is that that gets the other senses involved. So now the person is smelling this wonderful cake. Well, yeah, we knew what we were doing there. In. Yeah, I mean, that was. So, so uh, but, but once again, uh, uh, straddling the line to the advanced step. But so, listen. Dear listener, if we're touching on all these points at the advanced tip, and I hope you realize how powerful some of these points that we've made are, if we're touching on those for the advanced tip, imagine what the advanced tip can actually do for you. So, Yeah, but it would be a good idea to get it, don't you think, since Mm -hmm. it's 
the cost is not prohibitive, it's free. You go to <laughs> LessonsLearnedFromDonaldTrump.com, and I'll tell you how to get the advanced tip of the week. But that's this week's tip, folks. Think about it. Come up with, if you've been in business for any time at all, you have stories. Go through your file cabinet if you have to, and remember your clients and come up with the stories. Talk to your guys in the field. Come up with the stories. Facts tell, stories sell. You don't want to be selling against your competition if they'll tell, they're telling stories while you're just reciting facts. And put a demonstration within it. The more dramatic, the better. That homework you do, that working on your business to take some time off working in your business will pay off many, many, many times over. Let people call, call you a showman if they want, but you know the reason you're doing it is to sell and to make money, and isn't that what business is all about? Just stay calm and close the sale. You've just listened to the most terrific podcast on the Internet today. If you want to be a winner like Trump, make sure to go listen to the rest of the episodes and get our advanced tip of the week by going to LessonsLearnedFromDonaldTrump.com. And join us next time, unless you like being a loser. Some people do. Trust me.